Hello and welcome to Dude Loops, Melbourne Demons Fan Club. Meets, you refused to watch the last quarter of me because you, you were convinced that we were going to throw away the game. Turned out that you were right. It wasn't the whole last quarter, it was the last 10 minutes. And I could just see it coming, as I'm sure most Melbourne supporters could. Because I that's was ex- optimistic. No, I we had you them. did. You thought we were going to win by 50 points. Yeah. Which, to be fair, if this was a normal team, they probably would have won by 50 points. But we, uh, we really do find new and intriguing ways to disappoint uh, the supporters. Yeah, it did, to me it didn't feel super new. It felt a little bit like the West Coast game, but just against a worst opponent. Oh, uh, I thought it was worse than the West Coast game. You think so? Yeah, because, because of probably the fact that they are a worse opponent. And I do think that the West Coast game, I mean, look, we were clearly the better team on the day as well, but you could see they were like you know they were kicking into the forward line really beautifully and i don't know for some reason i thought that west coast were better than adelaide yeah. on saturday adelaide really, looked like utter junk. they looked like a, a bottom 14 team. they looked terrible particularly after Rory sloan went off the ground they looked woeful. that's true that's a good point as well that makes the loss look even, even worse. worse because they're midfield they're really their only depleted. high quality midfielder crap matt cratch is already out yeah i mean their midfield was what like ellis yolman yeah and that's the thing. And we were beating up... I mean, Gibbs looked awful yeah. in the first half. And G- then... Gorn's game on Riley O'Brien. Was just... He that ate him alive. evisceration. But this yeah. is the problem, isn't it? As always, the forward line. It yeah. is not working. And they can't kick goals. And they can't convert opportunities. It's just a real... It's just... Yeah. Well, I feel like one difference in this game um, is that we're getting opportunities, but we're squandering them. Whereas previously, we'd have these forward entries and not even really get opportunities. Mm. It's all so, about baby steps, isn't it? It is a First, you get those forward entries, then yeah. you try and kick goals, then you kick a million behinds, and then you eventually hope and pray that you can kick a goal. We just don't have the polish. I mean, yeah. once again, 62 to 45 inside 50s. It's a damn. We've seen that in so many different games. 1-8 in the final quarter yeah. in terms of conversion. I mean, and this right. is the thing that bugs me. Like, the reality is, is a good team, even a half-decent team, I really think would have been able to... Um, to win that game like and right. win comfortably. It right. is quite appalling. Exactly. And 1-8 doesn't even do it justice. No. Because there's all these times where we should have got a scoring shot but screwed up. Uh, or or out, out of bounds in the fall. fall. Or someone, you know, just kicked it directly to an opposition player. Yeah. Really, I think that the four entries are... It's a, it's a, it's a complete mess. Right. And it will be really intriguing to see what Simon Goodwin does in the off-season, which we'll discuss in a second. But we should also say, poor Wiedemann. Yeah, I That's feel really rough. bad for I feel rough as well. And people, my cousin included, who's a very <laughs> vocal troll on the uh, Melbourne Uncensored forum on Facebook, you know, people have been calling, you know, Wiedemann weak and talking about how that's he a, should be traded. I just think that's really harsh. I mean, the reality is, is Wiedemann took six marks for the game. And given that the most number of marks taken on our team was seven, he did okay in terms of marking the ball. And you know, I think he was okay. I mean, he's look, he's a good tackler. He's getting an okay spot. He's getting an okay spot. He's spots. still not really clunking the contested marks, except, in, except for that one in the last minute. But he's showing a bit of promise. I, I think that that's, honestly, that's all you can really right. hope right now, given that... Tom O'Donnell's not getting anywhere near it. He's no. He is completely invisible. I could barely see him on the screen and I forgot he was playing a couple of times. Right. So, you know, I think that if... I mean, the notion that we would just trade Wiedemann or drop Wiedemann or crucify Wiedemann for missing that final shot on goal. I mean, Gorn missed shots. I have some missed yeah. shots. Like it's, Tim Smith missed a pretty straightforward shot. Yeah. I mean, there were shots all over the Garlet place. Garlett dropped Garlet the easiest dropped. mark oh, of all time. Like, atrocious. It's just, you know... 
as in everybody was crumbling. I mean, if we really wanted to, there's no need to crucify Wiedemann. And I also really have to say, I was very proud of the way that um, the players really rallied behind him at the yeah. end. I think that he was obviously just gutted. But yeah. He's already deleted his social media for a few weeks ago. I so. know, gosh, he wouldn't He's have wanted to see the best of spirits. Yeah. Totally, and I think that he really showed a bit of promise and yeah. I, I thought that was incredibly unfair. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And, um, you know, and honestly, you should crucify the whole team because quite frankly, the whole team's goal kicking, the Colt team has serious goal kicking conversion issues. Totally, totally. Um, we should talk about some positives though out of the game. I mean, I think Gorn, we, we say this every week, this, it's very hard to say what to say about him. but He is just far and away our best player. Yeah. I think there is no doubt about it. I know for a long time you've been singing all of his praises as our best player, but I think that there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Gordon is our best player. No, I agree with that more and more. I mean, I think the gap... So do you agree you were wrong? No, I think it's at different points in time. I think at this point in time, he clearly is our best player. He is the There's only no one who's not that... skiing downhill, quite frankly. Oh, I mean, you're being a bit harsh on Oliver. I mean, Oliver had another 34 possessions. And except for last week, he's been pretty consistent. He's been quiet in the, la- in the second half, though. They sent Gibbs to him, and he did actually do a pretty good job, yeah, I but think. but Oliver played well in the last quarter. Yeah. I mean, he played very well in this game. Um, and it's interesting, he went back to his old game. Six kicks and 28 handballs. Yeah. Which maybe is where his, his comfort zone is. We've always talked about how he needs to kick more, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's got a game style that works, you know, mm. in and under, handball, and that's great. But um, then you need to have the elite kicks around you to be able to right. um, really harness his strengths. But totally. I don't think we have that. So that's another thing we need to get to in our dissection of the potential trade period. That's true. That's true. So later this episode, we'll be talking about uh, the trade period somewhat earlier than usual. A little bit, yeah. Um, but given where the season's at, I think it's a very comfortable uh, discussion to have right now. It's appropriate. In terms of other positives, I do think that Bailey Fritch... Mm. Um, started to kick well again, which was good because yeah. he hasn't been kicking well for the past few weeks. Purely a confidence thing yeah. because he's got a very nice technique and the ball looks good, but you know, it just wasn't working. So he was good. I think your man Gus showed a decent amount. Well, put him back, back on the, the ball. Back on the, like just on the ball. Sticking yeah. him on the wing was just not working for him. He was getting yeah. confused and a bit lost. And right. so I think that, yeah, that was, that was a necessary move. Totally. And he, look, he made a few mistakes, but I think 23 possessions. Those fumbles were quite funny. Yeah. I do, but you know when you can see someone's head just ticking over going, oh my God, I didn't pick the ball up cleanly the first time. And now there's a second and third and fourth and fifth chance of picking up the ball cleanly. Yeah. I just can't do it. And I can imagine you just psych yourself out completely. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but he did do some classy things he as did. well. Um, so He missed a shot on goal though. Oh, I mean, who didn't? I mean, um, true. Final positive. I do think some of our smaller forwards, like Petrarca and Hunter, are playing okay. I feel Hunter's actually playing pretty well. I mean, he missed another shot, but yeah, as in... He's always going to miss shots because he's just not... A great kick. ...polished. Yeah. But he's he's still our he most dangerous forward. He leads hard. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, right? You can see why he is um, our strongest target inside forward 50 because he leads. You yeah. know, he's actually giving someone... You, you, you can see even on the TV screen um, that when you when these you know midfielders are running into the forward line and they look up and they try and find someone to kick to everybody else is stationary and the right. only one who seems to be moving is hunt and he's very recognizable yeah oh, definitely he catches the eye yeah um his i like headband, that yeah. with the headband i like bull as well he made you a few mistakes bull. i love bull yeah he's the new ped for me yeah he is he's just an honest player he leads hard he takes some good marks good rig yeah oh he's he's got the best rig i'd say in the club in the last 15 years would wow. you say um, maybe send us in some suggestions on who's got a better rig than, than, than Tim Smith <laughs> I think it'd be tough to find someone you're very into Tim Smith Brad Miller had his moments yeah Brad Miller definitely had his moments I feel but um, yeah anyway that's a little diversion yeah we'll come back to that um, Nitz big question for you do we give up on Tom McDonald in the forward line 
now and for the rest of the year. 13 possessions and one mark. It is not a very commanding no. performance. I mean, the only person I thought who looked less inspiring as a forward was probably Tex Walker. And <laughs> he has been talked about as being dropped. I mean, I forgot he still Tex kicked a couple was, goals. He's still, yeah, true. But, you know, one was, I think, a free kick and another no. was... I can't remember, but he, yeah, he looked, he looked, trash, right? he looked yeah. terrible. But I honestly think that Tom McDonald and Tex Walker, I, at moments, I really did forget that both of them were playing. Yeah. I really did. I honestly thought that it was, I just completely forgot they were even, you know, in the game. And it, look, maybe in slight fence to Tom McDonald, um, playing on Talia can be quite difficult. Talia's a very good defender. But he just didn't seem to be, there's always been the problem the whole year. He doesn't seem to be in the right spot. Or moving. It's not as if you see him on this searching lead and the defender spoils it, which is, you know, fair enough. It happens. He doesn't even seem near it. No, you don't he doesn't even, even see him on, the screen. on screen. Yeah, so I think that's a bit of a, that's a problem. I, I'm not sure what they do. I mean, it depends on who our ins are. Hmm. So if we do think we're going to bring back May and Lever in the next couple of weeks, I mean, I don't... We are. I, well, I don't we, think there's any doubt if about they, Well, if that is... Well, yeah, I mean, there might be insofar as if they want to ease them both into it, given that the season is now a write-off, but we can discuss that in a second. Sure. Um, but if we're going to bring May and Lever back in the next couple of weeks, then we're going to have to persist and persevere because otherwise... Our forward line looks like Sam Wiedemann alone, which and Sam Wiedemann on Atalia yeah. type, who's a really good defender, is not going to be pretty, I don't think. Totally. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, or we can try and flip May into the foreground, forward line, and given that he's got a really good left foot kick. That's true. And I've always said that we need to get Tom McDonald into the game more, you know, in the midfield, on a halfback. However you know, we can. However but we it's, can. Right it's, now, he's, he's completely irrelevant. He's been clearly... Do you think he's been our worst player this year? Yeah, I kind of have to say. So I think he's... He'd have to be. I, maybe I'll put it to you this way. I don't necessarily know if he's been our worst player because other people have played pretty badly and have been dropped, but I think he's been the biggest disappointment this year. I he's think, definitely the worst player to play every game. I think that's, that's true. Yeah, I think that's it. No, but I mean that sincerely. So mm. it's not even that he's doing a lot wrong. It's, you know, there are other players who've definitely made more mistakes this year, yeah. but he just hasn't done a lot right. We need to get the ball to make mistakes. Well, that's exactly it. And he's been invisible. That's the yeah. biggest problem. So I think that in, he's been the biggest disappointment this year in terms of players that we thought would have a really good season, yeah. building up on everything last year. You know, last year he was almost leading the forward line and now he's kind of just disappeared. It's completely mystifying. And look, I, I wouldn't write off his career as a forward because you know maybe this is just an aberration and sometimes players just have a bad season randomly totally it doesn't seem like it is the off season that caused it but maybe confidence any number of things right the way the team's playing you know yeah. i'm happy to give it another crack i just think my feeling is this year it's not working i wouldn't mind throwing things around and just seeing how they go like i think that we've persisted with this now for half a season it hasn't worked yeah we're not going to make the finals Let's see some other roles and like yeah. Yeah, throw some people around. Maybe we, maybe Wiedemann will like being the number one target. Yeah, you know? true. It'll or be maybe... tough, but he might have some good games in that role. Yeah, it's true. I th- they do need to change it up, and they have the opportunity to change it up now, right? Yeah. And I don't think anyone would begrudge them if they did, because they need to start thinking about next year and what's going to work next year. And that's that, that's how I think they should be thinking. Um, so let's get to that. So what is our off-season strategy? Well, I think we've shown signs. Or rest of the season strategy, if you will. Right. I think we've shown signs that... When the team gets going, we can dominate the contested ball, as we know, and we can get a lot of entries, but we don't have enough polish in the forward line, and we have some chaos in the defense. And the defense will hopefully be fixed just organically through some of the people coming in. Forward line, though, I mean, and, and you know, midfield connection to forward, we need to get some players in. Yeah, there's I don't no think there's any it. doubt about that. The forward line has become a debacle, and yeah. it's and it's got to be, in some ways, you know, maybe I am a bit more optimistic. I don't think the team 
is as bad as it's showing at the moment. And I do think that next year could actually be a really good year for us. But I think we need to attack it the right way. So we need to sort of pull a little bit of a Geelong from last year, right? They identified the fact that their small forward factory was not working. Mm. They had no pressure. They were unable to lock the ball inside 50. They weren't able to convert that well. Everything wasn't working. You know, I just remember that um, the elimination final where they just, I mean, some of their missed shots were quite appalling. And I think that, you know, they identified exactly what they needed to fix. And so they went out and they got Gary Rowan and they got Luke Dalhouse and they spent money on an area that they needed to improve. Now, we have done that for the past few years when it comes to the defence. We've yep. become obsessed with fixing the defence, arguably at the cost of the attack. Yeah, and we've arguably, got like five key defenders we've got now. too many key defenders, yeah. if anything. So I think that this year has to be a focus on small forwards, really yep. good small forwards and good kicks into the forward line. Right. So good wingers Which, in a lot of ways. To be honest, as Melbourne fans, we've been calling for probably for the last five years. Correct. But Particularly the midfield user thing. I know, exactly. Because yeah. I think that... And you know, this is what you do, right? If you build a list based on contested ball and based on bringing contested ball animals, you're going to be sacrificing something, right? And it is it is true that we discussed this the other day. A lot of the best midfielders in the competition aren't necessarily the best kicks. So the danger fields, yeah. the um, fives, yeah. the, you know, crips, like they're not necessarily the best kicks going around, no, right? They're, they're not the Lockie Whitfield. Kind of functional kicks. Yeah. yeah, they're not Lockie Whitfield. They're not... You know, Josh Kelly, yeah, they're not, or Dustin, or Dustin Martin, Trent Cotchin, unbelievable yeah. kick. Like, they're not, but ultimately, you need these players who can kick in your team. You can't yeah. just build a team, you know, so all of our players might be really good midfielders, even without the kicking, but at some point, you need to find some players who can just kick. And I, I wouldn't have minded, even though this is one of the most hated players in the AFL, Pollock. I mean, no, but he gets bashed around. But, but one he's thing a great he user. He can kick. kick. I know it's the only thing he can do, really. But no he's, he can kick, and he's got pace, and he's yeah. a pretty good finisher. I would love to get Daniel Rich, for example. Even though he's such a limited player, his kicking is so powerful. Well, that's it, and you see how much of an influence it has. Like yeah. Melksham, in many ways, yeah. being out is like disastrous for our yeah. season. Because, I really think we'd have won last with Melksham. Well, week. and Salem being yeah. out, right? Like ultimately, the the interesting thing is after Gorn. Obviously, Oliver's really important. Obviously, Gus is important. But in terms of our team, probably the two most important people are kind of Salem and Milkshire. Right. You know, because they're the only people who can really use well. Yeah. And so without them, we're kind of... And make good decisions. So without them, we're a little bit... Um, we're just in all sorts. So we just need to sort of... And, and this is, brings me to an interesting point, but... It breaks my... I'm the biggest Stephen Canelio fan, as you know, Kieran. I'm absolutely obsessed with him. And we had an argument five weeks ago where Kieran was like, don't tell me you think Canelio is better than Dangerfield. And the answer is yes, because he's a better kick and he's a better... I think he's better than Dusty as well. He's a really good user. He's an amazing finisher. And he's he's incredible. He's he's a gut. He's a star. He's an absolute superstar. Do you think we have any shot at getting him? No, because apparently the only people who have any chance are Hawthorne and Geelong, which really pisses me off. That's just this outrageous. It's outrageous. So I'm like praying he stays at the Giants just for no other purpose but that I cannot handle. The Hawks will win a premiership with Oh, absolutely. I just can't handle the idea of Cornelio going to Hawthorne. He he would solve so many of our problems. Completely. He's an unbelievable user. He's quick. He's skillful. He's also, he's a great defensive player. Like the reality is, is as much as we talk about our contested bulls, a lot of them aren't placing the most amount of pressure. They're not yeah. great tacklers, even though he's, we think they would be. He's a complete player. He's complete. He had eight tackles in a team that demolished another team by eighty points. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So he is—he is a gun. But, but in some ways as well, maybe Cornelio isn't even what we necessarily need, right? Like we—if we're throwing money at someone, it should be a small forward or it should be like a wheat field, to be honest, because that's what we need. We need the runners and we need the kicks more yeah. than anything. Obviously, Cornelio would be 
unbelievable. But in terms of getting our best bang for our buck, maybe he's not it. That's true. That's true. But I mean, the truth is we're not a massive club. And after this year, I don't know if we're going to be a destination club. We'll see. So we might need to be get some of these more crafty players. Like I wonder if... So I think Elliot is an unrestricted free agent. He's very injury-prone, but very bit classy. But classy. Classy. I mean, Douglas from Adelaide, you know, classy player, a bit old, Mm. but but he's got a bit of something. He can finish. Um, Brandon Ellis, who's not really a... He's more a winger, but we could could probably use him. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, we could use... use And he might get pushed out at Richmond because of the salary cap. Yeah, that's true. I think we just have to get some of these players who are maybe a tier down, not getting as much opportunity, but definitely have a bit of polish. But I think that's like, what we're not going to get. Did. You know, I don't think we're going to get Whitfield. I mean, that would make my day, but I think that would make my year actually. But I think that, yeah, and I think that's kind of what Geelong did, right? I mean, yeah. getting Gary Rowan. Let's be honest here. Like most Sydney supporters, some of who I know listen to this podcast, but they, you know, most people were pretty filthy with Gary yeah. Rowan by the end of it. He was we, frustrating. Yeah, we probably could have gotten Gary Rowan. Well, that's it. And, yeah. and that's the thing. He's not really, no one thinks Gary Rowan is a superstar, but he has polish. And the one thing you can do as much as he's not great with pressure, but he's quick and he can kick. That's the main thing. Yeah. Well, maybe this week um, on our Instagram page, um, send us your thoughts on who you think we should get. Maybe like an undervalued player at another club. Mm. Because we all know the obvious types, but I mean, come on. Like, teams like Melbourne don't get players like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's I mean, like fatalistic. It's that just is true, a little though. bit of a loser's it's, attitude. It's true. But we, we did don't. get May and we did get we Lever. We got May. Wow. We got Lever. Wow. I mean, come on. They're good players, but they're not star midfielders. Yeah. No, I agree with that. We just, those players don't come to Melbourne. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Um, Anyway, on that cheery note, the Rowan Bale Award for most underrated performance for this week. So who would you give it to? I think, um, I think Bailey Fridge. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's shown a bit. He's, he's been lifted. very down this year. He's lifted a bit. Yeah. Um, I actually think Oscar Baker is showing a bit as well. Yeah. 21 touches. Not yeah. Bad he did yet. okay. He did okay. I think we just have to commit to him as well for the yeah. rest of the year. I mean, ultimately he's quick. He's kind of crafty. He's got a decent sidestep. I actually quite yeah. liked his sidestep. Yeah. Um, no, we have to commit to Oscar Baker, the ginger ninja. Yeah, he's got some moves. He's got some moves. Um, so I'm glad he's in. Um, the Collingwood game needs. Um, so which we've got a glut of defenders coming. I know. In. We now have too many defenders. We had none. So look, I think if Goodman May basically is said that Lever's going to play. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well then, what about May? He did a really good game in the VFL. May would have to play. He has to play. Okay. Well, so, so we then... bring back May and Lever. Does that mean Frost and Oscar go out? I think Oscar definitely has to go out. I oh. mean, on the basis of last week's performance, I mean yeah. Jenkins gave him a bath. And let's be honest here, yeah. Jenkins hasn't really been, um, you know, <laughs> lighting up the track yeah. this uh, or lighting up the field rather this year. He's been kind of the whipping boy. But um, also, just as a side note, don't you think that Melbourne is exactly the type of club that would go after Jenkins at oh, the end of this I know. year? I'm terrified and about I'm that. really terrified that like a big lumbering our, player. I know, and given like, how back wonderful... in the day we got Ben Holland, oh. who was exactly like Jenkins, a big lumbering key forward. And don't yeah. you think, just given how um, bad we are at wheeling and dealing, and the fact that Adelaide, albeit yeah, they came to, seem to lose a lot of players, but they're actually pretty good at hustling. Yeah. Don't you think we'll just like hand over like pick six for Jenkins or something no. ridiculous? Oh, we might. We do like giving away we excessive love picks. Giving yeah. away high draft picks for like random sort of yeah below average players at other other clubs but anyway that that does terrify me um i think there's no question oscar goes out but my my question is so if may salem whore and lever come back essentially we have four defenders coming in yeah does that mean you drop oscar 
I mean, I guess I think Wagner's been pretty good, but maybe you have to drop him. I think you have to drop him. JKH, I mean, I feel bad for him because some of his kicks were just not great. But no. he was obviously a bit rusty. And like you saw Hannon's like shank of all shanks from the boundary line. I mean, that's obviously just going to happen when it's your first game back. But I really think that JKH probably can't be he's, in the team next week. He's a bit limited, although I'd like for him to get a couple of games. I would as, as well, but with all these other ins coming back in, I just I don't know how you don't pick them. I think you drop stretch at a minimum. I mean that's he's been, been playing a bit of a defensive role. You've and been I think calling Salem for that in. for a while now. That's true. I've yeah. been consistent on that. Um, maybe you drop Spargo, he looked a little bit better, but he but only he got also, like ten or eleven possessions. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how they do it. Um, but I think Hall has to come back in. Is Hall gonna be available next week? Oh, that's true. So if Hall isn't, that might make it a bit simpler. I'm really loving Marty Hall. I can't believe he's second in the um, league. In intercept marks per game. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a gun. He's been brilliant. He yeah. really is a shining light this season. Yeah. And look, I do think that for all of my negativity this year, or our negativity this year, ultimately, if we get some games into Hall, if Lever and May start to gel together and the three of them start to work in combination, all of a sudden next year is not looking that bad for our defense. Totally, totally. We just have this abundance of defenders at that yeah. point. And then what do we do with Tom McDonald? I mean, I, I, then th- we I just... think he's got to be tried as a winger. Maybe he can fix his forward line issues. I don't know. It's it's always weird like this with Melbourne. I feel like we, we lurch from one extreme to another. I agree with that. Like, we have 10 small forwards. Now we have no small forwards. Yeah, exactly. We have, like, no key defenders. Now we have, like, everyone's a key, a key defender. I know. Poor Harrison Petty. Like, he hasn't done anything I know. wrong. He but he's hasn't. not going to play he's ever. He's not going to play. Declan Keelty's not going to play ever. Probably not, yeah. no. So it's, it's an interesting conundrum to be in but anyway um do we have a smidgen of a chance you know i don't think we played that badly last week though i have to say that i think adelaide are really quite poor and they don't have a very good midfield in fact their midfield is really bad collins kind of team that can beat us in the midfield and on the outside and with their forward line so in grundy's very different from riley o'brien i think so grundy's different from riley o'brien um i think Ultimately, Brad Crouch and Bryce Gibbs, you know, are very different to yeah. <laughs> Beams and Pendlebury and Sidebottom yeah, and Trelaw. Yeah. So I don't think it's looking particularly promising. I think yeah. we probably will lose. And I think we should and, lose quite comfortably. I think so too. Yes. And I think the problem as well is that given how much confidence they would have lost, you know, I think I read, and this is the thing, I think there was a point made, which was totally spot on um, in the age today, but Ultimately, if we won yesterday and if we won the Eagles game, which we really had a chance of winning and we probably should have won, all of a sudden the season doesn't look that bad. And all of a sudden you get confidence going, you get some players back and people start to really believe. Yeah. I just think a loss like yesterday, coupled with the demolition by GWS and the horrible you know, ending to the West Coast game, people are, all the confidence has been sapped out of the team. And it's you know you get to a point where you're like, okay, we are... I, I just I think they probably are mentally thinking we're playing for next year. Totally, totally. And I think... And that's not an unfair thing to think, right? Because yeah. you do need to think a little bit more long-term than, you know... I mean, there's no point in, like, going out and bashing and crashing and, you know, doing everything you can to play for the team when ultimately the game is not that... It doesn't matter that much. Maybe that sounds like it's tanking, but it's not really. It's more just being a bit realistic with where yeah, your list is at. human nature. It's yeah. human nature, right? And it's also kind of, you know... Yeah, I, I think it's also smart player management sometimes. I agree with that. And I think what will happen is I think we'll lose pretty comfortably this week. But after the bye, you know, maybe they'll have a decent back half of the season because players are trying to play for their spots and I think play so. for next year. And we could have some pretty big upsets in the later half of the year with all our players. I agree that. with that. I agree uh, with that. But I just think Collingwood is made to expose us. Like, you know, they're good on the inside. They're good pretty on the quick. outside. There's some Davidson. serious forward targets. Yeah. 
leave her in May. It's hard to imagine that they'll slot back and be in great form straight away. No, in fact, they probably won't be. And that's fine, right? I think that the one, the one saving grace at this point of the season is that because we don't have that much to play for... There isn't an expectation that these players come in and be superstars. Right. And if they're not superstars, then we sit there thinking, oh, our season is up in smoke. Like the one smidgen of a saving grace is that the season is already up in smoke. So there isn't actually that much pressure on them to perform straight away. They That's really true. can, um, you know, ease their way back into it. Yeah. Agreed. So Nate's final prediction? I think we'll lose by 40. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, thank you once again for joining Deluded after yet another heartbreaking loss we keep turning up to the podcast mic week after week we'll be here week after week um please follow us on instagram at deluded podcast uh like i said let us know who you think we should target in the off season we'll discuss it on next week's episode um and until then until the big queen's birthday game go d's go d's